everyone, welcome back to Contractor Growth Network. I'm Logan Schinholzer, and today I'm not with Alex. I got a special guest. He's a uh, he went from five years in prison and now runs a six-figure business. Zach Babcock, thanks for coming on, man. Dude, what is cracking, dude? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Dude, I appreciate it. So let me uh, let me set the stage for everybody uh, on how I first came about hearing about Zach and things like that. So as you guys know, uh, I'm big on uh, Billy Jean and all the help, you know, don't go in alone. Don't try to figure your stuff out yourself. If somebody's already doing what you want to do, just pay for it, invest in it. Um, and I'm doing that with uh, Billy Jean and Billy Jean was Zach, what your third, third podcast that you ever did. Is that when you interviewed him? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. Uh, launched the podcast, got ranked on day three. And then next week we had Billy Jean on the show, which was insane at the time. How how do you launch a podcast and get ranked that fast? Yeah, man, it's it, it, it. So everybody thinks like you gotta know all this crazy stuff, like this algorithm hacks, and like have a huge audience and know somebody that works in on the inside and all that. No, nah, man, you just you put in some sweat equity and you get people to leave you a written review on your podcast. Most people do that part wrong, and they put out this general message on social media instead of actually hitting people up individually. But yeah, man, simple as that. Just getting people to leave your reviews. Well, I'm definitely guilty of that. So we're going to jump into the whole idea of, of podcasting today because that's how I found Zach. It seems like that's like really your world and your jam. So before we jump into the podcast stuff though, Zach, I'd love to just kind of talk about your background and the movement that you're running. So just to kind of lead it all off, can you run us through who is Zach Babcock and you know, where have you been up until this point? Yeah, man, I'll give you a super high level cliff notes version. And real quick before I get into that, you're a really genius marketer, bro. You sent me this incredible uh, Yeti um, uh, cup, this thermal cup, you know, and I had one that I was using at the gym and I had just broken mine literally because I dropped a dumbbell on it. And so uh, it came in a few days after that and it's got my my podcast logo on. I'm like, hell yeah, dude, this is dope or whatever. So I thought it was pretty cool. They did that, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, of um, course. No doubt, man. Um, but yeah, man, Cliff Notes version. Dad died when I was real young, grew up without a father figure, always wanted to fit in with other people, did stuff that was out of my character that really didn't align with who I was to be accepted. Um, started smoking and doing drugs, when uh, weed and alcohol when I was nine. By the time I was 17, I caught some cases from stealing, being a knucklehead, um, and I thought my life was over, and I started using hardcore drugs after that, and then a year, about two years after that, I went away to prison on a seven-year sentence. That's a long story. We can unpack it more if you want, but um, you know, I'm just giving the high Cliff Notes version. Anyways, did, did four years flat on that seven-year sentence, got out for about two years, and then I went back um, for a DWI violation. I went back just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And that's when I was like, dude, I'm done. That like, I'm, that's it. Uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, all I wanted growing up was to be the father I didn't have. I remember playing football and all my friends' dads being at practice and wondering how that felt and telling myself that I was going to be there for, be the coach of my kids' football team one day. So that was it, man. And I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to make it happen. I just knew I wanted to be happy and successful and be in my kid's life and be a responsible father. Eight months later, came home. Couldn't get a job anywhere. Got an entrepreneurship for the next. I didn't make any money for the next four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> ran into a bunch of brick walls. But dude, um, 
I, I ended up launching the podcast because anytime I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, bro, nobody took me seriously. I was just an ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And I was pissed, dude. I was like, I'm not going to let these snap judgments keep me in this box. I get that people judge people. That's just how we're wired to survive. Everybody does it with everybody, but I'm not going to let those snap judgments keep me in that box. And so I created Underdog Empowerment as a result of that. Got it ranked on day three, like I mentioned, and Billy Jean had him on the next week. So I literally went in one week's worth of time. Nobody giving me a chance to interview celebrities. And then um, and then it's just been crazy ever since. I built a six-figure business in a matter of eight months when we finally broke through. And it's uh, we're in scale mode now, but it's just been really incredible, that growth and seeing how much different it is now you know, scaling a business and building an organization right. versus doing it yourself, just trying to get it off the ground. It's a night and day difference, man. So let me let me start from the beginning, if that's cool with you. So growing up, you're playing football and you're looking on the sidelines and your dad's not there. And the reason I want to bring this back up is because a lot of the contractors that are listening to this are guilty, and we all are to a certain extent, of stealing time from their families. Right. They, they're trying to grow this business. They're trying to do everything they can. So in the long run, they are successful and they're providing for the family. But they miss the first five years of their kid's life, which I think science shows that it's like what, like the first seven years of your life or like that sets you up for the rest of your life. So for you, I mean, how much of an impact did that have on you not having your dad around for everything? If you don't mind me digging into that a little bit. Yeah, man, uh, I think uh, it had a major impact. Like I said, though, I'm really grateful for my mom because I feel like I, I I picked up on a lot of good, of, uh, a lot of gr great traits that she had. But um, I I didn't know what it meant to be a man, and and I would do things that were way out of my character just to try to be accepted and fit in with other people. And we all do to an extent because, dude, mm -hmm. as human beings, our number one fear besides death is being exiled from the tribe. So we want to be accepted. We're social animals, right? But I, I, I took that like out of proportion. I, I did it, you know, probably more than what average people would do. And mm -hmm. um, that was a big thing. And then, um, I, I, you know, and that didn't really um, change until I till I experienced other things later on in life. Till I really became my own man and um, stopped caring so much what other people think about me. We all do. We all care what other people think about us to an extent. Anybody says that they don't, they're lying unless they're just a psychopath. <laughs> but uh, but I, I I stopped doing it to a degree where it was unhealthy. How? What what got you to that point where you started to just realize that you were just gonna do you regardless of what everybody else thought? A bunch. It was a a bunch of different events. It wasn't like one thing for me. It was a bunch of things that led up to another. Like some of it happened while I was in prison, when my sister passed away from a heroin overdose, and like. And and like I went through that dark time, but I grew and I feel that's when I've really felt like for the first time in my life, I became a man when my sister died. So it was a it's a crazy story. But um, I really, you know, I had to dig deep and find some type of peace and hope in and in a really dark time. Um, but then more so, though, you know, just as time goes on, as we get older, mo I, I feel like, well, at least from my experience that I didn't I didn't need that validation as much from other people. Like I started realizing that, hey. You know, if I'm doing all this stuff to try to fit in and stuff and I go get in trouble and go, go, none of these, none of these motherfuckers are, can you cuss on your show? My bad. Yeah, you're good. Yep. Do it. Yep. All right. My bad. But yeah, but none of these people are going to be around when I'm, when I'm not around, whenever I go get locked up, like nobody, I didn't get a single letter when I was gone, you know, so none of these people matter. It's, 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 
it's it's hard to explain man it, it's like and that was with the old crowd you know like the people that i surround myself today do matter you know what i mean so a bit mm -hmm. i go off on tangents and rabbit holes sometimes too so if i ever get off track just like zach it's perfect yep no you're good <laughs> but um it's hard to to articulate like the exact like coming into that it like it it, it progressed and graduated over time so when did all that start to i mean you said you started in prison but like do you feel like you're still on your journey or do you think you've made it as a man and now like you're just optimizing where you're at with everything i feel like i'm always on the journey and uh -huh. I, I i here's my thing i always tell people like all right for instance with our top 200 script for getting ranked on apple like I literally did that manually myself, figured it out and did it over over 4,000 times, no exaggeration at, at, at all. And um, and so most people that did something 4,000 times and got something to work after doing it 4,000 times, they'd say they perfected something. But I never say I perfected anything because if I say I perfected something, that means it can't get any better. But if I right. say I've optimized it, that means that, hey, it's I got it working, it's working pretty good, but there's still a chance that it could be better. So I was like, I always will. You'll never hear me say I perfected anything because I haven't because I'm, I'm a big believer that there's always room for improvement. But, um, yeah, this is how I look at it. And I feel like I'm, I'm always growing do, do, like I'm way further along, obviously, than what I what I was starting out or before I made this paradigm shift in my life. Mm -hmm. But there's still so much more that I have that I don't. There's so much that I don't know and that I have to learn and that I have to grow into still. And I'll, I'll, I'll believe that to the day I die. So with you and, and your journey, especially where you are, like with all these podcasts that you do and now there's a huge, uh, I guess, fear. And I mean, and I experience it where you're not afraid of putting yourselves out there. But I know for me, like I'm afraid of like people seeing that I'm still small. Like, I think that's really what the fear is. So have you ever experienced that where you're like when you're growing this your your brand and everything, you're trying to do this whole fake it till you make it mentality? Like, did you ever do that or have you always been very true to who you are? I love this question, bro. Um, and here's the thing about fake it till you make it. Um, you, you it, people get get the wrong idea. They get the they, they take it, the words and they get it mixed up and they do it wrong. And, and what I mean by that is you can't act like something that you're not. All right. And, 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 and lie to people and promise results when you can't deliver on it. However, you do also have to act as if you are that person that you're stepping into it and that you are confident in what you're doing. So it, it's a really fine line that you kind of walk there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and I say this and I, and I'm really harsh against the, uh, the fake gurus and the, and, and all that stuff, man. Um, because I made a mistake myself, man. I'll tell you a story, dude. Um, and I and I get it, man. If you're it, like, there's people out there that are legit scamming people that I have absolutely no respect for, and then there's actual people out there that aren't trying to scam people. They're doing it out of good intentions because they have this dream, this this vision of success, and they want it so bad, and they're doing whatever it takes to make it happen. But at the end of the day, whether you're doing it out of good intentions or not, if you promise somebody something that you cannot deliver on, you are scamming people, and you should be put on blast, and you should not do that anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, man, I did it, though, dude. Like, um, So when, when Underdog Empowerment blew up, uh, right out the gate and it was like going it was like I'm, I'm growing my brand and 
things are going good, but I still wasn't monetizing right at that time. I still hadn't put the finger on how I could specifically solve a specific problem for a specific person. And this guy reached out to me and he had this program that had over 20 million in revenues and over a thousand successful graduates. And the, and the program was lead gen, customer acquisition and scaling a business. However, at the time, I'm broke as fuck, dude. I haven't done none of that yet. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't figured out even how to sell anything or, or generate leads uh, because I didn't have anything there yet. But we took this program, repurposed it, and had me running it as like the face of the of the of the of the brand, right? And we we're bringing people into this program. However, I felt like an imposter. I felt like a scumbag. I felt like a sleazeball. I felt slimy. I felt all that, right? Because I'm sitting here trying to achieve what I was teaching by teaching it. And that was just ass backwards. Yeah, <laughs> it was, man. And so because of that, it didn't align with my values and who I was as a person. And so I made a post and called myself out on this shit. It's, it's literally on my Facebook uh, and, and I did it on Christmas Day of 2018. And I called myself out. I said, hey, look, guys, this is what I'm doing. We're getting people coming in through this program. It's a legit program. However, you know, I, I haven't done this myself and I don't feel right. So even though it's working right now, I'm pulling the plug on this. I'm going back to the drawing board. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to do my podcast and do affiliate marketing, but I'm going to come back to the marketplace when I have something legit. And dude, that was so tough to do at first, like to put myself out there like that. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I did it, I knew it was the right decision because it was so liberating. It felt like the world was lifted off of my chest. I was doing the right thing. I was acting out of my values, not off of what I speculated, what I was supposed to do for other people. Was all, I was doing shit for me. Mm -hmm. And and then and then I even got more affirmation after that. People reaching out to me afterwards like, bro, that was a breath of fresh air, man. Much respect for doing that, man. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't easy at the time, but man, that was one of the best decisions I ever made because it led me to what I'm doing now. Right. So with, with all this, I mean, you, your background is, is unique in a sense where it was tough. You grew up, you went to prison and instead of shying away from that and just creating this new Zach Babcock, you seem to lean into it. How come, like what, what makes you want to just go, you know what, this is my background. Instead of just shying away, this is who I am. Let me double down on it. Yeah, man, that was hard to do at first, too. It was a mentor that helped me kind of do that. My whole thought process was I had just gotten fired right before I went back to prison because I got a promotion because I was on the sales team. 3,000, the whole store did 9,000. I was only there for six hours of that day and the whole store did 9,000 and I did three of it. And so I got the promotion and then I got fired because they found out I was a convicted felon. And so like that taught me like, hey, if I go share that I'm a convicted felon, people, you know, I'm gonna get punished for it. And then I came out and I was doing network marketing for a while, for two years. Oh, that's another story when you get in that. I no longer do I no longer do that. <laughs> I've, I've heard some of it, yeah. <laughs> but uh I didn't share it at first because I was like, man, if I share that I, I'm an entrepreneur, this is like my only shot at making, you know, life worth having. And if I share that I'm you know, used to that I did over five years in prison. Used to be a heroin junkie and a crackhead and all this stuff. That nobody's gonna take me seriously, and then I'm not gonna be able to feed my family. Um, but my my mentor kind of helped me unlock that. I was like, that's your, your what you think is a weakness right there. That's gonna be your greatest strength. That's what's gonna get people to relate with you, and that's what's gonna draw people in because it's interesting. And dude, you don't know how bored I get talking about my prison story, but I do it every time because I know it's it it. 
for one, it helps a lot of people. Certain parts of my story helps certain types of people going through certain types of things. But um, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the case with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Whether you've been to prison or not, your story is powerful, and people need to hear that shit. Um, but it helps people. But also, it does. It it, it it's it, it draws people in, and people are curious about it. And so, yeah, it was it was kind of hard at first, but now I'm now I leaned into it because it's become like what draws people in. I even say in the first sentence of my podcast description from over five years in prison mm-hmm. to building a six figure business, because that's a stark contract. Like, damn, most people don't go to prison for five years and then build a six figure business or whatever. So it gets people curiosity based, I guess you would it's, say. It's a good hook to like at least get your foot in the door to go, OK, what's this guy all about? Right. Yep. OK, so. You know, you go to prison. Now you're building this this uh, this brand. Before we jump into all the podcasting stuff, which I'm pumped for, what what's something that you want people to know about you? Yeah, man. Um, that I will literally be totally because like a lot of people know me as like this intense, super competitive, um, uh, wanting to dominate and win kind of guy, which I am. Um, but mm-hmm. I will be I will be totally. 100% at peace and total chill if I don't achieve my goals as long as at the end of my days, as long as I know that I did everything in my power to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is like, yeah, I want to achieve my goals and I want to win and dominate all that stuff. But um, if I don't, as, it, if, as long as I did everything that I could possibly do to make it happen, but still failed, I will be totally okay with that. But if I didn't, if there, if, you know, there's some, things that I could have did or I didn't do it because the effort wise and that would just eat me alive uh, and literally make me miserable or whatnot. And I think about that every single day, dude. Um, And I don't like to get onto this type of topic as much because I, you see it all the time. You see people on Facebook or wherever, and they're always talking about what they're going to do and then they never do it. And then it's because social media for one is built all on dopamine and um and so they're saying oh i'm gonna do this and then everybody's like, yeah you go you rock and then they get this false sense of accomplishment and this dopamine rush and then they don't even do it um and and, and they just look silly you know what i'm saying so i just like to i usually i use social media to just talk about what i already did and what i just done and and i don't talk about usually what i'm gonna do but anyways <laughs> since we're talking about that that legacy though man is like i i want to I want to get a 9% recidivism rate nationwide in the, in the prison recidivism just because the system's broken and it's ridiculous. I haven't gone through it myself. And I want to be able to help people that were like myself that actually want to change their life around. So what are you doing right now to, to work towards that? Yeah, man. So I just made, I hired my first convicted felon in our company and I'm running through this test pilot. But the, but the idea here, and I'll, and I'll, I'll briefly go through it cause I could talk here about it for quite a while, but, uh, the idea here, man, is, dude, uh, I went through the prison system. Um, anybody that goes to prison, it's their fault. I'm not taking away the responsibility, but there's a lot of people that go to prison that change their life around, that this, mm-hmm. that learn from their mistakes like I did. Well, the system is designed to keep you on, in the system. It's built on money, and it's designed to keep you in the system. They they Food food stamps, welfare, assisted living, that's giving you a fish. It's not teaching you how to fish. And the recidivism rate shows, I mean, we dwarf any other country by far 
like we dwarf any country as far as recidivism rate goes. And so, and those numbers are even skewed. It's based on it within three years as a prisoner come back into the system or not. What about mm -hmm. all the prisoners that are going back, getting back into that old lifestyle and they die because they went back to the lifestyle? Or what about the people that come back after three years? So those numbers are skewed even. And then on top of that, it's a complete waste of taxpayer dollars on the, on the programs that the, these people are getting taxed for that don't even work, that are complete garbage anyways. The people teaching these programs, you can't even relate with them. And then on top of that, the the, the curriculum is bullshit and a waste of time. And then you have to go to these programs when you get out of prison, when you can't even get a job because you've got an X on your felony uh, felony conviction record. So it's taking away the time that you could be looking for a job. And now you got to find gas money or bus money just to get to these places, right? So it's just a complete utter mess, right? I could, and I could go on more about how it's all fucked up, but I'll just quit talking. But uh, but anyways, we're gonna we're gonna hire convicted felons in our agency, or get them matched up with other entrepreneurs that we're matched up with that fits their strengths, so they immediately have a job and can f provide for their family. That's number one. They gotta mm -hmm. be able to. They gotta have something like that. Then they got to go through this program where they read specific books. Number one book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Every single person that comes to my program has to read that book. So that'll change your fucking life right there, and let you know that hey, anything's possible. But anyways. And, and so they have to develop their character and skills. And over time, for the guys and gals that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, they'll be able to go do their own thing. For the guys and gals that are not cut out to be entrepreneurs, they'll be able to continue to work for us or whoever we get them matched up with. And our goal, long-term goal, is a 9% recidivism rate or lower nationwide in the U.S., which is a crazy, ridiculous goal. But that's what we're sticking that's – what, that's what it is, and that's what we're sticking to. That's awesome. I, I read somewhere – I don't know if it's true or not. It was on Instagram. So you never know. Uh, but it was like there, I think it was like Sweden or, or somewhere overseas that they were talking about, like if, uh, if someone who's in prison, like reads a book and then writes a book report on it, they can like reduce their sentence by like two weeks. And it's like for every book that you do that and actually write a report on, it reduces it by two weeks up to like a total of like six months or a year or something like that. So I thought it was pretty interesting that they're using the education side of things to try to empower people to then go, OK, on your way out. You read a couple dozen books like you got to have learned something about, you know, how to get back in society and, and own your shit. So I don't know if like if it's even factual or not, but I thought it was a pretty cool concept just because like for me personally, I feel like education as a whole like opens a lot of doors for people. You know, if you can learn stuff at a young age, like, you know, I went to college, but like that's a whole different type of conversation to have. But like all the online learning that I'm doing now, it's like if you were to learn this stuff years ago, like yeah, I would be crazy ahead of where I am now. So the the fact that you make them read a book when they first come in has got to be like a pretty powerful thing. Like step one to go, look, we're serious. This will get your shit back together. Yeah, man. Absolutely, dude. I love uh, that's pretty cool that they do. I did not know about that, about hey, you read a book report. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You got to look it up. I don't know if it's true or not or if that's just like Uber facts on uh, Instagram putting it out there. But I, I thought it was pretty fun stat. So yeah, man. Yeah. So cool. So let's uh, with all this, let's start to talk about the the underdog empowerment movement, the podcast, everything that you're doing, because that's how I found you. So can you walk me through, if you don't mind, first off, what is underdog empowerment? And then just kind of get me with your, your journey, just an overview, because you went from, you know, what was it? Day three with Billy Jean. And then now it's like, Grant Cardone, you know, it's just popping on the <laughs> podcast and like people like that. So can you kind of explain what underdog empowerment is to the audience and then you know what your journeys look like 
Yeah, dude. So I got this exercise in my program. It's actually I give it away for free too in my and my podcast, Penthouse Roadmap, where I talk about the four W's. And I'm like, dude, this is the most important piece. Like everybody was like, well, I want to know how to grow your downloads. Or I want to know how to make money. Or I want to know how to get it ranked or, or interview celebrities and stuff, which is all the fun and exciting and the sexy stuff, right? But this, the four W's, is is the foundational stuff it's your it's your marketing message it's your podcast marketing message essentially and if you don't have this dialed in your show's never going to be powerful so when you say what is your podcast it's actually one of the four w's the what who where and why and uh what underdog empowerment is the one sentence of it is it's the number one resource for alpha underdog entrepreneurs to level up in their passive income business but if you want me to take it a step further because that, that's just a quick hey boom here, here's what it is but what it is it's it's literally a documentation of me starting out and saying hey guys i'm an underdog entrepreneur yeah i got all these odds stacked against me technically i'm not supposed to be able to make this happen but i'm gonna do it anyways i don't have all the answers but i'm gonna interview people that do have some of these answers on the show we're gonna learn together everything that i learn in the process i'm gonna document it right here on this podcast and you're gonna be able to grow with me that's exactly what it was. I started off broke as fuck, didn't know. I was just throwing stuff on the wall, seeing what sticks, didn't have a clue. And now now we're talking about things on the podcast. What I'm going through right now is scaling a business and building an organization and stuff. And pretty soon we're going to be talking about investing and whatever, wherever it goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, just, it's just basic uh, a, a documentation of the journey. So with your podcast, I mean, you're starting to interview some pretty big heavy hitters. Can you walk through like what's it like when you know you you're talking to JLD or you're talking to Grant Cardone? Like what's going through your mind? Because I know a lot of us talk to like somebody and they're like, oh shit, like they're way better than me. Like I got to be inferior to them. But I mean, you're you're stepping up to the plate with these big dogs. So what's that like for you when you are now seeing yourself face to face with these heavy hitters? Yeah, man, I started recording with Grant, and he started asking me about how, about prison sex and stuff, and I was like, holy shit. I, I heard it, yeah, 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 you kept being like, all right, Grant, let's, let's dial it back a little bit, yeah. Right. It was pretty funny, though, but um, no, I'm, I'm really, you said a really important thing there, and I'm glad you did, because I remember when I first started, I used to feel that I don't know more, because I've, I've interviewed so many high-level guests where it's not, where it's like, he, here's the thing. At first, like with the, like the first ones, like you could tell, like I was trying to kiss ass or whatever, or, and, and and that's not the way you want to go about it. Um, here here's the way to 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 reframe and rewire your mind to to come at it from the right ways. Even though they're super high level, whatever, and they've achieved a lot more per se in that specific field than you have. Um, it still doesn't mean that they're a better human being than you are, because we're all equal when it comes to that regard. And on top of that, you got to get in your head that you're doing them a favor. You're sharing your platform with this person, with your audience. You're inviting them onto your show, which is a media source. And so you're doing them the favor. That's got to be the mindset. You are doing them the favor. And then when they come on the show, whenever you get to get to jam with the Dean Graziosi or the, or the Andy Frasil or whoever it is, um, have it in your mind like, dude, I'm going to talk to this person the same way that I would talk to my best friend. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk to the same person as I talk to anybody. I'm not going to try and be anything that I'm not. And I'm not going to try and impress anybody or anything. I'm just going to be myself. And that's how you really make a good impression is just by being yourself, man. I swear it's some basic ass cliche ass advice right there, but it's the, mo the simple shit like that is what really works. And with that kind of stuff, it's like selling. Like when you sell 
at first you're just going off a script and you're nervous as shit and your voice is going up and down, but eventually you just kind of come into your own. And you realize it's just a conversation yep. and it's just two people talking and you're just communicating. And once you get to that level, you're like, Oh wow, this is actually like an okay conversation. It's like, it opens so many doors on what you can say and how you can act. So it's, it's a, it's a cool little thing. So, um, so with my, my audience, they're all, they're all, uh, contractors, local businesses. So for you, in your opinion, do you think that a local business needs to have a podcast? Is this something that they should capitalize on or are there other media or marketing resources that may suit them better? So obviously my uh, my answer is always going to be bias because I, sure. I podcasting changed my life. And then after being able to work with so many people, like 58 people one-on-one and a lot of other people through that have gone through my programs, you know, I've been able to see it from a, a lot of different angles, but um, absolutely, I'm going to say yes. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to give you the reason why. So I'll give you an example. Um, and, and I worked with this uh, lady that was like in the industry where you think like, you know, truck driving, where like, what would a podcast do for a truck driving industry, right? Well, when we sat down, we mapped it out. She has these manufacturers that she wants to do business with, right? But, you know, she doesn't want to come from an angle of being needy and just hitting them up just because she wants to do business with them. She wants to have a way to break that ice and have, start that conversation. And so a strategy for her to grow her show is, hey, you interview these top companies that you're trying to do business with have the ceos come on your show y'all build report and that's going to turn into a business relationship mm -hmm. that's one reason why same thing with uh, uh another buddy uh i'm not going to go into to we'll call him john uh was a mortgage mortgage broker um and uh you know his, his more in the mortgage industry what i learned from by working with him is that they um they feel like real estate agents make them beg for the deals and they, they, they like treat them like roaches and they don't want to feel like that. They want to feel like the rock stars or whatnot, but they always feel like they have to beg the real estate agent for the deal in order to do business. So the strategy was interview, you know, you don't have to do just real estate agents, but part of it's going to be interviewing the real estate agents in your area, in your location that you want to do business with. And you just come at it from just, Hey, I just want to have you on my show and now you're doing them a favor and you get to build that rapport and then that turns into y'all doing deals together or whatnot. So absolutely, man, if you, if you, it, it works regardless if you're local or if you're online. So with, with the interviewing people on the show, I, yeah, it makes total sense to me. What would you talk about it? Let's just say you're a home builder and you're in St. Louis. So what would you talk about if you're a home builder in St. Louis on your podcast? Talk about the trends of the buying habits that are going on, like the the prices. Like I, I don't know this industry at all, so I'm just making some stuff up here. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but like maybe there's been like trendy, like the prices have been going up in a certain area or whatever, or what to look for when you're working with a real estate agent or, you know, there's a ton of different topics. It's just I would have to know that industry a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, you just talk about anything that would be relevant. And then you can even build your audience with your perfect, customers you know what i mean like it did it, it what it really comes down to because this is what i'm giving you here is like kind of like uh what's the word i want to look for 
it, what I'm trying to say is it's there's there's cookie cutter strategies and tactics to make all the different things work as far as podcasting goes. However, it's not going to be cookie cutter with every single person because every single business is different and every single person's goals is different. So if your goal is like, hey, I want to build a huge brand and and like I have mine is more like more where I can anybody in any state can buy my stuff and I want to be, build a huge brand and turn those people into customers, then your strategy is going to be completely different versus, hey, I just want to use this podcasting as a tool to network with the people that I want to do business with and I don't care about building a huge brand. It's going to be different in both of those different cases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's like with, with, cause I'm a big on, uh, on, on video and stuff. So it's like, are you building your YouTube subscription base for actual clients in your area to buy from you? Or are you building it up just so you can get enough to start to monetize and, you know, make money off the ad spend. So it's just one's kind of creating it for the masses and a huge widespread brand while one is very focused, but it's to the people that are actually relevant to your business, not to your YouTube channel, if that kind of makes sense. Or if, if I'm even on base with that. No, 100% dude. And, and it is. And then, and then, and, and, and that's why I like to work a lot, a lot of times with people one on one when it comes to stuff, because then it, it could, you can even have unique cases where the person is like, let's use a hypothetical situation where their business is local and they they want to become that guy local. They want to be the, the to dominate their local area. But also they might come at it from an approach of building this crazy big podcast audience and ranking it up and interviewing like Grant Cardone's and stuff like that, because like, let's say they're a mortgage broker and if they're trying to do be the number one mortgage guy in their industry, well, if they're interviewing people like Grant Cardone, then the real estate agents are like, yeah, I want to be on your podcast too, if you had Grant on and then they want to do business with you so you can leverage it in so many different ways. And there's so many different angles to tackle it from. It really, once again, comes down to the specific goal of what you're trying to achieve. That's cool. So if people want to, you know, like obviously people who are listening to this are, understanding that podcasting is a way to communicate if somebody's trying to learn more about you or learn more about what you got going on what's the best place for them to do that where where should they go online to learn more about zach babcock and everything yeah dude i appreciate you asking dude so definitely i'm always going to plug my own podcast because i'm super passionate about that so I, I like live and breathe this podcasting stuff it's underdog empowerment you guys can check it out on pretty much any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on but to make it really simple for you, you can go to underdogempowerment.com and right there on the homepage, you might have to scroll down just a tad. There's a red button that says subscribe and you could subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whichever one you prefer. Hope to see you over there. And then for the podcasting services specifically, I actually made up a special page for you guys if you're looking to start a podcast. Um, and it shows a, a, a complete roadmap on everything you would need to know if even if you don't have an idea on how to podcast. It comes with three tutorial videos and a checklist and all this stuff all the way to having it up and running. And you guys can check that out at uh, underdogempowerment.com forward slash Logan. Beautiful. So, guys, I'll make sure to put those in the show notes. Go in there and do it to give me some street cred. Zach. <laughs> What is one book? I know you mentioned it before, but I want you to repeat it one more time that every person listening to this podcast needs to read. All right. So I, I like personal development books that work on your mindset. And then I also like business books that show you practical stuff to how to build a business. You want me to give one example for both? Hit me. All right. So the one I mentioned earlier, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is a must. 
it's not, you know, you got books where you pick out a few golden nuggets or whatever. They're pretty good. But this book, the whole entire thing will change your way you look at life. It's like powerful. It's transformational. The guy went through the Nazi death camps and experienced some horrible things and then came out and found the meaning of life through it. It's really powerful. Check that out. It will completely, you, you'll, you'll thank me if you've never read that book yet. And then the second, the business book, um, right now I'm, I've not read the best book that I've read on business so far today is Traction by Gina Wickman. And I love it because it's so practical. It literally tells you what the, what, what it is, why you need to do it, but also how to do it. And then it gives you tools, free tools that you could download on the internet um, to actually do what this teaching in the book. And it's really powerful. I didn't even know what an organizational chart was a few weeks ago before I started reading this book. And now I got one and, and, and it's, it's been, it's played such an integral role to where we're at now in our business and how we're scaling right now. So, um, I would highly recommend that as well. Yeah. I, uh, I run my, my business on EOS. So ah, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm into it, man. I'm, I'm definitely, I've drank that Kool-Aid for about a year and a half now. So it, it, it helps so much. And they've on this podcast, they've heard me reference the book several times already. So now you're hearing it from somebody else. So I'm not guessing <laughs> you guys. So Zach, dude, what's, it's, it's that good, dude. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, and I also have another one. It's called, uh, scaling up. You ever heard of that one? I've been recommended that lately. So I'm gonna have to it, check it out. Cause I heard it twice now in the same week. Yeah, dude, it's, it's very similar, but it's like, this one's more of like a textbook. Like, you know, you can listen to track a retraction. And it's like pretty straightforward, more of a book. This is straight up like it's got charts on graphs on everything. So I bet you probably could go through this and just have the equivalency of like an MBA in your head at that point. So it's it's a good book, but I would that's the one that I'm going through now very slowly. But it's that's another good one. So, um, well, cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. This was awesome to finally connect on all this stuff. So you're the master at this. What's the coolest way to do an outro at this point? Oh man, you put me on the spot right there. Yeah, I hear it. Um, so I, I just I like to do my outro. I just I always like to ask the guests. Um, you know, if you had to start over right now, knowing everything that you know, but without all the resources, without all the the network, the connections, um, what's the one piece of advice you give yourself to to give yourself a um, a head start or a leg up as a as an underdog entrepreneur? Okay, so for you, I know you always ask your guests that, so. What is Zach Babcock's answer to that one? If I had to start over knowing everything I know now, um, without all the resources or whatnot, um, no, number one, I, I would hire mentors a lot sooner than than later, uh, knowing that now now I know that you have to develop skills and you have to develop character to make it in anything in life and in business. And the best, the fastest way to develop a skill, because you can't skip that, you have to develop skills. The fastest way to develop those skills is to hire a mentor, someone that's already done it, that's already has what you want, that can streamline that process. You can't shortcut the process, but you could streamline it. And so that that would be it. But um, I, I, this I would I would be super 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 clear on exactly what it is that I want, because most people don't know what know that. You ask them what they want, they'll start telling you what they don't want get really clear on exactly what I want, then have strong enough reasons why I have to have that. And then, and then, and then finally, after, after you had those two pieces, cause I feel like those two are, are really important. I, I would, I would find a way to stay hungry no matter what. And, and, and to stay in like that underdog mentality, because 
it's powerful. You got to be in an underdog mentality where you know there's so much that you don't don't know, and that you're always going to be humble and and learning, but also want it bad enough and stay hungry even when you start to taste success. Still keep leveling up that of of your your dream that bar, so that way you stay hungry and you stay attacking it like your life depends on it because it does. Staying underdog, man. I love it, Zach. Dude, I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, man. I appreciate you having me, Logan. Thanks, guys. 